What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. We've got another episode of our 2024 NFL Draft positional rankings coming at you guys today. We've got interior defensive linemen today. Uh, what I think actually shapes up to be a, a really nice class. Um, I know we kind of did these in order of kind of reverse order of how we thought how good they were. Um, may I jump the gun? I know we tried to also flip off from like offense and defense, so um, I will say. IDL class is definitely better than I thought it was on the surface, you know, you know, about a month or so ago when we started kind of filling out the order of these rankings. Um, so I think it's a phenomenal class. Um, I've got six round two or higher grades. I mean, the guy I've got at number six uh, has a round two grade for me. So um, really, really good class. And I, I think I got to, let's see, what is this, seven? I got to 11 guys, um, really nine full guys. I kind of got the two LSU players in there kind of at the end um but yeah so i'll i'll uh, i'll let brett kind of kick us off with who who he got that uh was outside of his top five and then um if he wants to give a, a little bit of a shout out or a little bit of talk about i know we both had a couple guys at six and seven who we really really liked um, i have no idea who they are for him uh, but i know we both talked prior that like it was tough to get a, a five and then uh, a couple guys at six and seven we both liked so um i'll let you give how about the guys you got that are not in your top seven Assuming that's how you kind of have them stacked. Right. So I figure I got to eight. Um, okay. So I have, um, I didn't really rank the three outside. I guess I kind of have like my sixth guy, but then seven and eight are pretty much interchangeable just because they're so different. Okay. Um, I guess first guy I'll get to is Clemson's Rook Aurora. He is from Lagos, Nigeria. Um, six four two ninety. He'll be 22 and a half at the time of the draft. Spent five years at Clemson, but he only played for three, all of which were pretty productive in the ACC. And he only played high school football for two seasons. So even though he's been in college for five years and one of the older guys in the class, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience, um, you know, playing five total years of football between high school and college. Um, didn't have that bad of a year this past season, 25 tackles, five sacks, and a pass defense. Um, you know, the front seven's, pretty consistently pretty good for Clemson. Um, he had great size and still being pretty athletic. Um, he had pretty good get off and a good bull rush with, you know, active hands. I think he kept his feet moving on contact, which is pretty big. Um, a couple guys that I'll talk about later don't do that as well. And I think it's an easy fix. Um, and for being six, four, one of the taller, bigger guys in the class, he, has pretty good leverage. He doesn't, you know, pop up too quick. He stays low and really, you know, hand fights pretty well. Um, but I will say he only can, you know, battle against what he sees coming. If he gets blindsided on a down block or, you know, he doesn't anticipate a double team, he can't really fight back. Um, he kind of lacks violence and some lower body strength. He's more top heavy. And then his pass rush, I think he could just use more moves. Um, you know, being at five years at Clemson, I thought he would have more. Um, but, I mean, that's also something you can coach. A lot of the things with him are just – it's raw potential that you can coach and kind of um, build him into his, you know, whatever you want him to be. But uh, he's probably around for a guy. I did really like him. He just didn't stand out as much as the other guys ahead of him. And – I mean, he had pretty good production, like I said. These past three seasons, he's been pretty solid. So um, definitely a bright future, and I think he could you know, have a good role on 
a team that wants to, you know, maybe has a guy ahead of him and just wants to build and develop him for 2024 or 2025. Yeah, I, I had I had Rook as one of my guys as well. I'll start. Um, I won't I won't talk about. So I got both Clemson guys. So him and I got Tyler Davis as well, and then Makai Wingo and Mason Smith. I kind of got at the tail end um, before we hopped on. Uh, I won't give a, a kind of a, a breakdown on on those three. Um, they'd pretty firmly be kind of outside of this this top eight, if you will. Um, I'd have Rook at eight of the guys that I watched. Um, I'll kind of I, I think you hit the hit, nail on the head really, 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 really well with Rook. Um, he's a really solid. I think he's a solid player. I think he's a sound player. He's just an older guy who I just don't know how much more he's got in the tank from a ceiling perspective. But I think he can come into the NFL and be a really nice situational pass rusher. I think he's he's sound in that in that department. I think eventually you can get a potential three down player out of him later on in his career. Um, not that you like can't play him on early downs. Like I'm not saying you can't do that. I just, I think at the, at the adjustment period for him going to the NFL is probably going to be him being a situational guy as a pass rusher only maybe. Um, but again, I think he's a solid player. I, I, I take him in round four gladly. Um, that's kind of where I got him here. Um, then I'll go with my next guy up who's outside of my top six, uh, which would be Michael Hall jr. Out of Ohio state. Um, did get a little bit of a, a write up for Hall. Um, the word I gave him was was solid because I feel like he's first of all he's really solidly built. Um, at six two two eighty, it's a it's a solid two eighty I think. Um, you can tell he's a, he's a pretty strong guy. Um, just kind of the way he's built and the way he plays. Um, three year player for Ohio State. Um, I feel like he does a, a does a good job with kind of everything. Um, plays the run well, plays the pass well. He's got some good pass rush juice. I like the way he uses his hands. Like the way he takes on blockers, like the way he gets off blocks. I just, I don't know how high the ceiling is. I think from an athletic standpoint, he's, I don't want to say capped out, but I just, I don't know if he's got the ceiling athletically um, and from a pure power perspective that the guys ahead of him might have. Um, that said, I think he's a solid player. Um, he's disruptive kind of everywhere. He doesn't really get displaced super easily, which I liked as well. Um, again, kind of a jack of all trades, uh, master of none, maybe. Uh, round three grade on him. I take him in. I, I don't know if I take him at 69 for the Chargers. That's a little early for me. Uh, but I think middle middle to back into the third round is a great spot for Michael, and um, he'll he'll go somewhere and be a really solid pro, I think, and just be a guy who sticks around and maybe bounces around. Again, not going to be a dominant run defender or a dominant pass rusher. The guy's going to be a solid get for someone and, and play good football. Yeah, no doubt. He was the other guy on my list that didn't really make that top six Yeah, from Streetsboro, Ohio. So has been in Ohio pretty much his whole life. Like you said, 6'2", 280. One of the youngest guys in the class. Um, he doesn't turn 21 until June. Um, two seasons really with production at Ohio State. 24 tackles, one and a half sacks. Um, like I said, he's, you know, he's kind of your prototypical guy. Uh, I, I thought he was pretty agile. He was top heavy though. So, uh, you know, that kind of led to a better agility score, so to speak. Um, had pretty long arms as well, and the power to finesse was pretty smooth. Um, good extension, obviously, coming from the long arms. Um, you know, he pretty consistently got extension. In terms of what he was lacking, um, you know, experience in production, not really having a whole lot of that is a little alarming, although he is very young, so it's kind of what you expect. But um could use more moves you know similar to aurora um hands need to be a little higher they are just a little too low sometimes kind of exposing his chest um a little bit of a tweener i think um 
doesn't, you know, wasn't lined up consistently in one spot, I don't think. Um, I think they can move him all over. I don't know if he's going to have a defined role at the next level. And I don't think he identifies blocks quick enough um, from either spot he plays. Just a little too late. Um, he plays a little high. And I think ultimately it's just going to take him a couple years, um, you know, to get his conditioning better, to be able to play more and, you know, better help the team. And probably round four guy for me, um, you know, mid to early round four. I just don't know if the way he plays and the lack of experience is going to lead to him being productive, at least on a rookie contract. Maybe he goes in like year three or four and, you know, explodes. But early on, I don't think there's going to be much for him in terms of, you know, in the way of production. So I did like him. Um, but yeah, just not as polished, not as experienced, not as much upside in comparison to some other guys. Yeah. Um, I, like I'm on the same page with you with, with him um, real quick before we get, I think, because we've got the same six guys here. I don't know what order they're going to be for each of us, um, but I will say, so some names, uh, some popular names we didn't, didn't really get to kind of in the, the back half of this class, if you will. Uh, Braden Fisk, McKinley Jackson, uh, Fisk being out of Florida State, McKinley Jackson being out of uh, Texas A&M. Uh, I know there's some love for Dwayne Carter at a Duke out there. Um, and that's, that's kind of it. Um, I know. There's obviously some guys later on in like round five that I'm just I'm just not gonna get to right now. I wanna get I really wanna get the the first three, four rounds solidified, then I'll start getting into the back end guys. Um kind of as we start mock drafts. Usually that's how I, I go about it. Um like for me personally, like I'll get I'll get kind of a top fifty for sure, and then a top kind of round out, maybe like a top hundred if I really wanted to. Um and then I'll lean heavier into once we get into mock drafts and we're done, we've kind of solidified our top our top guys, I'll then go into like more chargers specific, um, you know, day, day three guys, uh, later day three guys. So, um, some classes, like, I'll be honest, like we got, I got, I got basically, I'll call it 10 guys. Cause I got like, I wouldn't say I fully watched two LSU guys. So I'll call it 10. Um, I'll probably watch like 15 receivers and 15 tackles and they, why that won't get me to, to day three, which is fine. That's just how the class shakes out. So, Sometimes you get like running backs, you, you're getting into day three pretty quick. Sometimes you're getting like tight ends, you're getting into day three pretty quick. Whereas this class, you're kind of pushing into it. Um, some classes you won't even get to round three sometimes. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll start getting into those guys later on. Um, but I'll start with my guy who I've got at six and I'll give, actually, I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll go with my guy at six and I will explain why he's at six and not at five. Um, I've got Brandon Dorless out of Oregon at number six. This was tough. I flip-flopped uh, five and six really, really hard. Um, I told Brad, I've got a lot of conviction in my rankings, like my top six here. I feel like I've got really good reason behind it. But again, I still flop hard between five and six. Um, yeah. So Brandon Dorless, six foot three, 290 pounds, uh, five-year player out of Oregon. Played all over for them, especially this year. Played a lot of edge, uh, played a lot of defensive tackle, a lot of three-tech. Um, a lot of five tech. So I think, I think he would fit into a lot of defenses really, really well. Um, in either spot, I think he, I think he fits the defensive tackle world better at the next level. Just given his frame, given the way he carries his weight, I think he's a better, I just, I don't know if he has the athleticism to play on the edge every single down as like an edge player. I think he could be a big end and like, like I think Jesse Minter's defense, 
um, Mike McDonald's defense, like they run a lot of a lot of like true stand up edge rusher on the outside, and they run a lot of like big end five technique on the tackler, just outside the tackle. You know what I mean? Kind of just the weak side of the formation. So I think he can do that really well. I just project him better inside. Um, super powerful player, really easy power. I'll say that. Um, there's gonna be a lot of Twitter clips. Like he's he's a really big like Twitter clip guy. He's got some awesome power rushes against couple against Oregon State, a couple against Washington. I mean, he dominated Troy Front now in a couple of reps in both in both meetings against against Washington. Um, plays with really easy power, um, really good disruptor on a down-to-down basis. The reason I don't have him at five is because I think the guy I've got at five has a sky-high ceiling because he's young. The guy at six, like, I like with Dorless, like, how much better are we getting, right? Like, I know he's 22, 23, 22 going on 23, but – I just don't know, like, hey, he's been around a long time in college. He played at a really, like, a really good, got a really good coaching at Cotton College, right, at Oregon. So, um, just don't know kind of where we go from here from a ceiling perspective. Um, think he can be a great pass rusher in the NFL. Think he'd be a really solid run defender. Um, again, I, just, I need him to find a home, and I need him to – he can't get younger is the thing. He can't get younger and have the ceiling that the other – that the guy had five has, right? That the, you can't – that, that's the that's he's got much better college he's got more consistent better college tape I'll be fully honest but I just I like the upside and I you got to do some projecting you've got to do some projecting right that's yeah. a big part of it um that said round two grade like if I made a big board him and the guy at five might be back to back I genuinely back to and testing may change this right like if the guy at five doesn't test well like I think he's going to that could change some things so um, or if he has a ba- put this way, if he has a bad offseason process, I'll be disappointed and I'll drop him because it's like that's like that's a bit of a concern is like focus and all that stuff. And I'd like to see him have a good offseason process. Um, but yeah, with Doorless round two grade, I I'd firmly take him in round two um, for a lot of teams, and I think he's a really like if the Chargers moved back from 37, you know they traded back to like in the 40s or 50s, I'd be all about Doorless. I think he fits the defense nicely. I think he generally like. Is a really good player. He's a sound player. Again, it just yeah, ceiling ceiling is the the limiter here for me. Yeah, exactly. He was my sixth guy as well, um, out of Fort Lauderdale, six three at the Senior Bowl. He weighed in at two seventy two. Um, okay, so so that's a that's a yeah. good bit lighter. I forgot we had Senior Bowl measurables on him. Yeah, that's a that's a good bit lighter. Was he six three? Yeah, or like he six was. two and a couple eighths. It was six, right three? around six three, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, 272 is interesting. That's that's light. So maybe he is trying to make the push to be an edge player. Yeah, he I'll be, be curious to watch him this week. He yeah. uh he turns 23 in March, I believe. So yeah, like you said, a little older. Five seasons, I think, at Oregon. Um, and he kind of exploded in year five with 35 tackles, five sacks, a fumble recovery, and seven passes defensed. I noticed he was just like a natural mover with you know pretty athletic. Looked leaner than 272, even though he weighed in at 290. A lot of the measurements have him at 290, you know, a good bit lighter at 272, and he even looked leaner than that. Pretty good get off with acceleration. Quick and strong hands. Um, pretty good moves and effective bull rush versus undersized O linemen. But I just, you know, if he goes against like a stocky O lineman, he can lose pretty quickly. His swim is his go to, I noticed. Um, in terms of some non-film stuff, he hit 21 on the GPS, 21 miles an hour. He had a 685-pound squat and a 345-pound clean. So, you know, like I said, pretty athletic. 
Um, in terms of weaknesses, 6'3", he has poor leverage, uh, and he's not overly physical. His vision, um, you know, run identification can be a little late, can be taken out of the play, and doesn't maintain it, maintain his gap consistently. He didn't really have a defined position either, and I think that's important um, in terms of what he wants to do. Obviously, you know, being down 18 pounds theoretically from where when he last weighed in, presumably before the season, um, is notable and telling. Um, maybe just he's talked to a few people when they suggest that he moves, you know, wider than a three tech to, you know, further take advantage of his power combined with his athleticism. But I think he's a round three guy. Um, I don't know if he'll go into round two, maybe, but he's probably just a round three given what he's done at the age he's at um, and the potential is not, you know, the ceiling isn't as high, but both had him at six um, off to a good start. And then we both had Rook and Michael outside my five guy. Uh, number five, we do have the same guys in the top five, I would assume. Yeah. My number five guy is Leonard Taylor out of Miami. He is from Miami, grew up in Miami, uh, went to school right around the corner um, from where he grew up. 6'2", 305, doesn't turn 22 until May. Um, so like you said, a good bit younger. Spent three seasons in Miami, but his worst season was his past year. Um, he was really good in 2022 as a sophomore, and this season just took a step back on a defense where really he should have taken a step forward. Um, they didn't have a whole lot of guys on that defense outside of Kinchins. Um, he had 20 tackles and a sack, and that was it. Uh, he, he was normally just late to the play, didn't make a whole lot of plays on his own, a lot of assisted tackles. Um, but he did have good get-off reaction time, pretty strong, um, You know, fairly quick. I don't think he converted the quickness to production, though. Good extension. Um, it looked like he had longer arms than average. Pass rush moves were pretty solid. Um, I just was surprised he didn't really – he only had one sack um, with good burst, pretty solid speed in pursuit. He's just a little raw as a overall football player with poor hand use and timing of his hands. Um, he lacked some violence, lacked leverage. Being at 6'2", I would – Hope you have some better leverage than what he did and trouble locating the ball in the run game, similar to doorless and just like production is always, you know, a little alarming when you draft a guy, uh, especially in the first couple of rounds. He's probably a late round two guy mid to late. Uh, I doubt he slides in around three, just too much upside for him. But yeah. Uh, number five guy. I saw a couple other lists had him at like three. Um, I just didn't like, I know he's young and he has he's more of an upside guy than a production guy, but I just thought he would have done more this season and he didn't. He didn't really do a ton that popped out, and that's why he was at five for me. I've got him at five as well. Um, so here again, here I'll, I can now expand a little bit further on my point about him and Dorless. Dorless is a better college player, 100%. Leonard Taylor's ceiling, I think, is really high. I, there's a lot. The flashes are are top ten. The problem is he's got to be more consistent on a down-to-down basis. And I just – you have some concerns about effort sometimes. You have some concerns about, hey, like, why are you taking a playoff? Why are you taking another playoff? Like, you know what I mean? So you see some of that. When he's on, the motor's high. The motor's mm-hmm. not always on is, is my is, – is a little concern for me. Um, yeah. 6'3", 305, maybe 6'2". We'll see what he measures in at the combine. Um, three-year player. Like you said, a phenomenal sophomore season, followed up with an inconsistent junior year, 
Uh, had an injury as well, I believe, an ankle injury. Uh, missed five games, I think, four or five games. Um, I think he's the highest variance guy in the class by a pretty wide margin. Um, but the ceiling's super high, just given the fact that, like I said, there are reps where he he'll dominate centers and guards. He'll dominate them. I mean, he'll blow them up. Those other reps where it's like, man, you're getting pushed six yards back. You're you're getting stonewalled in pass pro. Like I don't know what's going on here. So. Um, again, a lot of variance in his play, um, a high ceiling guy. Again, round two grade for me. I, the play's good enough to take him in round two. I like he when he when he's ready to go, like when he wants to play, he plays really well. Yep. Um, and again, he's young. He's he's super young. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of growth to do as a player. I, I, the word I gave him was raw. He's a raw player. Um, he's got a lot of technic technically a lot of things to learn as a, as a defensive lineman. And I think another thing. I said this to Brett before we got on. Didn't love the way that Miami used him. I felt like they they should have given him more reps as a three tech because they really. I mean, the two get the two full games that I watched were Clemson and Florida State, and he really only played as a head up nose. I watched some of the A and M game a while back, and he played a little bit across. But it's like you played at him as a head up nose almost the entire game. Like that just doesn't seem like his game to me. Um, I feel like he. I feel like he would do really, really well at a three-tech, especially in pass pro. Um, again, who knows why? We'll see. Um, but, again, really solid really solid tape when he's on. It's just – it's got to be more than that, right? It's got to be more than just a few plays and uh, every possession. It's got to be every play ready to ready to go. So, um, the next guy at number four, Tavondre Sweat out of the University of Texas. The word I gave Tavondre is beef. Um, evident by the fact that right. he's six foot four, 362 pounds. He's a large fella. Um, best aesthetic in the class. I'm going to be completely honest. This guy, unmatched aesthetic fr- from Tavondre. Um, yeah. Really good. He's a phenomenal run defender. Um, he, he, he eats blockers. Like, he literally eats blockers. It's not even – it feels like it's not a competition sometimes. Like, the undersized guards for Washington – it was like you you're not moving him. It's right. not happening. When you line up on the center, it's like, hey man, you're not like he's just gonna sit there. I'm gonna sit here in this gap and I'm not gonna move. If I want to move, I'm gonna be moving. You're not gonna be moving me though. Um that's pretty consistent throughout Tavondre's game. Um thought he had good juice as a pass rusher in college. Don't think he's a three down player in the NFL. Um quarterbacks are too athletic at the next level, and quarterbacks escape the pocket on him a lot. Um, he's a good pocket pusher, but that's kind of it. Like, I don't think, I don't think like he gets there and it's like, all right, now you have to finish the rep. And unless he just like is eating the core, like he just has a chance to just swallow up the quarterback and wrap him up. Like, I don't know if he can finish sacks at the next level, um, which is what kept him from being higher in this ranking is just, I just don't know. I just don't think he's a three down player. Um, yeah, be happy to play him as a, as, as a head up nose and a three man front. Um, just to get some pocket push, right? If you've got a spy, like I'm fine with that. He's just not a guy who's going to finish a lot of sacks to the next level. But again, a phenomenal run defender. Excellent, excellent, excellent run defender. Um, does not get displaced. Very disruptive. Uh, takes on double teams very well. Uh, I think he has good hand usage as well. I mean, naturally not great pad level at 6'4". Um, and he's got, I think he kind of pops up out of his stance sometimes, which lends itself to having some tight hips, which... Doesn't shock me the fact that he's 362 and yeah. looks every bit of it. 
I mean, he, I mean, he's, I think he's going to test really well as an athlete. Like I think he's going to be super athletic for, for his weight, but um, nevertheless, uh, round two grade for me, I'd easily take him in early. Uh, uh, you, you just don't find a run defender as good as he is on every down with, with some plus pass rush juice as a pocket pusher. Again, he's not going to be an eight, an eight sack guy. He's just not, unless he loses weight and can just be more agile like naturally, he's just not going to be able to move side to side super well of being that heavy, which is fine. I'm not saying he's got to be. It's just more about him not being able to finish sacks at the next level, despite being a good pocket pusher. So, Samandre Sweat coming to number four for me again. I'm convicted in these rankings. He's he's a really good player, but the three guys ahead of him are every single down players, and I think have high floors. Is is the I think Taj has got a really high floor as a run defender, high ceiling right. as a run defender. High floor is a pocket pusher. Just he's a two down guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll get into Devondre. I agree. He's more situational than other guys. Um, well, you know, going into this, I didn't think we'd have similar rankings at all. But you must see my list because he's at number four for me too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the reason he was below Murphy is just one, he's like over a year older and he just didn't really do a whole lot more than, you know, like you said, be a run defender. You know, he, he has great timing in terms of putting his arm up and deflecting passes. Um, he had a few passes defense, I think five. Um, but yeah, he's out of Huntsville, Texas, which is just a little North of Houston, I believe. Um, six, four, three sixty-two. turns 23 in July, I believe. So one of the oldest guys in the class, five seasons at UT, but improved every single season, which is always positive. Um, 45 tackles, two sacks to go with the five passes defense. Really strong upper body. Leads to him leads to him getting off one-on-one blocks pretty easily with a true NFL like nose tackle build. Like you said, he can push the pocket, but doesn't really ever get home just in terms of you know timing. Um, gets extension on nearly every snap and keeps his feet moving, which is big for a, a guy as big as him. Um, he's pretty solid versus double teams as well. Um, active hands kind of reminds me of like a Michael Pierce plus in yeah. terms of his role. Yeah. Um, he's not that quick because of how big he is. Um, and he doesn't maintain leverage uh, a little later get off, which you'd expect. And could be better conditioned to help his game and allow him to play more for a team, increase his role, increase his um, production better, you know, just allow other guys more rest when he gets to play a little more, just deepens your rotation a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be a big point of emphasis for a coaching staff or a conditioning staff uh, is just to get him a little more conditioned, a little, um, you know, brought up to speed with the speed of play in the NFL. But yeah, he's at number four for me too. Really liked him a lot. Um, so yeah, it's looking good so far for our rankings. <laughs> this is gonna we'll make or break out. it. It's gonna make or break it right here. If we go, for, I guess we'll, we'll find out right now um, if we're gonna have the same rankings or not. Because my number three guy is my guy in the class, and that is Chris Jenkins from Michigan. Um, he's from only Maryland, which is only about like 40, 45 minutes from Baltimore. Um, you know, north of Washington D.C., west of Baltimore. 6'3", 305, 22.5. Um, spent three seasons, four seasons at Michigan. Um, best season was this past season. 
his father actually played 10 years in the NFL. Uh, he was with the Panthers and the Jets. And while he was in the NFL, he was a three-time All-Pro and a four-time Pro Bowler. So plenty of um, experience within that family, which I think will accelerate his transition to the NFL. He arrived at Michigan at 257 and gained 50 pounds in his time there. Uh, one of the strongest players, Ben Herbert, his strength coach, has ever witnessed. Um, new Charger, new Chargers strength coach, by the way. Right, I'm just going to put that out right. there. Just look, Chris, Chris Jenkins is going to be a Charger. Watch. I hope he is. I, I'm praying me, on it. Because JPJ, because Jackson Power Johnson had made him to the, first, to the second round. So give me Chris Jenkins at 37, and I'm happy. I'm right, crying right. tears of joy. You continue. Sorry. Here we go. What I found on Jenkins. Um, three-star recruit. Um, he played in 2022 at like 285. So even since last season, he's gained about 20 pounds. He led all the def- defensive linemen in the country in run stops. Um, people inside the program think he's going to take a quick, uh, make a quick transition to the league and ha- be productive in, in year one. Like I said, up to 307, he did 32 reps on the bench and um, what else? A Turkish get-up where basically you have your arm extended holding a dumbbell or a kettlebell from lying uh, chest up on the ground to standing up. He did it with a 170-pound dumbbell um, with his arm extended the whole time, which is crazy. Um he does pull-ups with 100-pound weights on his waist. He had a seven-second three-cone, a 4-3 shuttle, nearly a 10-foot broad, and a vertical of about 35 inches. Um, his shuttle and three-cone are both almost two-tenths of a second faster than the quickest IDL at last year's combine. Broad jump would be tied for the best at about 10 feet. So, I mean, he's going to, he's probably going to be the best testing IDL, um, at least that I can think of. But I, mean, I thought he was incredible. 37 tackles, two and a half sacks, a fumble recovery, and a pick. Just elite overall athlete. I love that he's got a pick. <laughs> I love I know, that he's right? got a pick in there, dude. I, so I think good. it was, I assume it was tipped. I didn't see it, but uh, it must <laughs> be time to jump perfectly. I know. Um, you know, for being 6'3", he has surprising leverage and easy extension, easy swim move, really good vision and identification, um, pretty heavy hands. I think he's lined up wide sometimes, and he just isn't quite as explosive when he's lined up wide, going against more athletic O-linemen being tackles. I think he can play nose tackle, maybe three tech uh, to maximize his athleticism advantage. Not as quick a get off as you would think from a guy as, let, as athletic as him. And I think he needs a little more finesse. Doesn't always anticipate double teams and not too much pass rush production. He did have two and a half sacks, but that defense had a lot of really good players. Um, so, you know, maybe when he's more of a premier player on a defense, you'll see his pass rush uh, numbers go up. But I really, really liked him. He's my guy. Um, probably mid second, if I had to guess. And I just think he's going to be a great pro. Um, you know, everything he's good at is going to translate to the NFL level and the things he isn't, isn't as good at, um, I think can be worked on and developed, uh, relatively easily. Chris Chang is at number three for me as well. Uh, the word I get Chris was violent. He's 
he's got the easiest easiest strength in the class. Just pure strength. I mean, he's his hands are so violent that he's it's it's it looks easy on every single. I mean, he's jacking up offensive linemen routinely. Uh, by the way, across all five spots on the offensive line, he'll jack a dude up regularly, and it just it looks effortless for him. Um. Here's so I've got a round two grade on Chris. I would take Chris Jenkins at 37. I think he's obviously like the board would have to fall. Like he's gonna be a top 40 player for me. I think he's I think he's a an incredibly high floor guy. Um, Jesse Minter ran him in a lot of different spots. He played him in that like I said that big end role. Also played him down inside. Got a couple reps as a nose. Um, easily a five a five down or a three down player. I think mean, he can survive as like a five technique, hand of the dirt, big end in the NFL. Just with his frame, he's 6'3", 305. Like, I think he's big enough to do that and strong enough to do that. The length might hurt him on on kind of outside zone plays against bigger tackles. Um, that's like that's not really like a huge concern for me. Um, he, I don't think he's like a like a weakness to his game. Like, I don't think there's anything that like man, like he's got to get better at that. Like, obviously, there's room for improvement everywhere. Um, but I think he's got a pretty deep bag of pass rush moves, something that like, like Leonard Taylor doesn't really have like Leonard Taylor is like a bull rush or like a swim move. And that's kind of it. Like Chris, like Chris Jenkins has thrown off like some, I think he had a nice spin move against, um, against Alabama or Washington. One of the two, I was, I was clipping out a bunch of, a bunch of stuff this morning. Um, let's see if I can find it. I believe no, that's a run play. He's also phenomenal point of attack against the run. Um, like he's got some really good stuff. Um, as of like, I think he's a great run defender as a five tech. Reminds me uh, a little bit, a little bit of a less bendy Tuli Tu Pelotu out of out of USC last year because they played very similar roles in college, right? Um, also a Charger, uh, but like played similar roles in college. Uh, I think Tuli definitely like, hey, he's an edge, like he's an edge. And I think you can point at Chris and go like definitely like a better defensive lineman, but the way in which they play the run, they're super strong, don't get displaced a lot, reminded me of each other a little bit. I just think Chris is a little more a little more stocky, a little more robust, if you will, as opposed to like Tulu's a little bit longer, a little bendier. Um, definitely like kind of fit the edge mold better. Um, but I love him, man. He's like I said, round two grade, four-year player. Other thing I'll say about Chris and the entire Michigan defensive line. Those guys got stronger as the game went on, and that's what won them a lot of games this year. It's what won the Ohio State game. It's what won them uh, – really what won them the Alabama game is that in the fourth quarter, in overtime, that Alabama offensive line was tired. That Michigan D-line was ready to go. I watched I watched the full game tape um, yesterday or – yeah, yesterday. Um, and I'll tell you what, Chris Jenkins, Mason Smith – not Mason Smith, Mason Graham. They were they were whooping up on 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 that offensive line late in the game because they were in better condition. Like I said, Chris Jenkins he had a huge run stop against against Washington later in the game. Like man, he's like he's ready to go at every snap of the entire game from from play one to play eighty. Like he's ready. To, he's not playing at eighty snaps, but like he get the point. He's the juice doesn't go go away with the game. So um, I love Chris. He's a really good player. Um, I just don't know if the ceiling is the same as the two, like the two guys ahead of him. Um, right. Guy number two, I got Byron Murphy out of Texas. Byron Murphy is second out of Texas. Six foot one, 308. Three-year player. 
the word I gave Byron is juice because that's that's what has made him shoot up boards. Um, I kind of thought this was gonna happen. I was like, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Byron Murphy starts getting like round one hype pretty soon, just like given how well he played the entire year. Um, he's he's super young. He's twenty. He's not even twenty two. He's twenty one years old. He turns twenty two in September. Um, he got a lot of juice in the pass rush game, dude. I mean, he's he could be a phenomenal pass rusher again. Johnny Newton gets the undersized tag, but Byron's like basically the same size as him. Um, again, I I think he's a very very. I don't want to say raw because he's not, but like there's a lot of room to grow if that makes sense. Like he's got a lot of room to grow, but he's it's not like he's a raw player now. Like he's still a very pretty refined, really good player. Um, if he starts throwing in like some legit pass rush moves, dude, at the three, to, oh my goodness. He's going to terrorize mm-hmm. guards. Um, I think he's, I think he, first of all, he plays with great pad level, pad level, given that he's six one. Um, I think he comes off the ball. Well, got a great ball, get off. Um, he's like routinely like lined up over guards or centers and like head up on him. Ball is snapped and he's like swim move over him. Like, and he's in the backfield a lot of the time. Um, really good run defender, really like a phenomenal pass rusher. Um, I think he has good. I think he uses his hands well. Uh, additionally, like he's a not only does he get up the ball well, but he uses his hands well. Not only like like I said, getting off of blocks at the snap of the ball, but like in the run game, in the pass, I think he uses his hands well. Uh, and if he starts to ad- kind of get in an advanced pass rush bag, like the guy at one has, we could see a really good pass rusher in the NFL. And that's why he's going to get a lot of love. Um, he's not better than Johnny Newton, I don't think. I mean, no surprise. That's who I have at once. He's not better than him. Um, but the ceiling is there. Like, I, like the ceiling is absolutely there. Wouldn't take him ahead of Johnny. Like a lot of people have been mocking him lately. But uh, round one grade, I'd take him in the first round. I'd take him in the top 25. He's that. He's that good. Um, again, a little undersized. Like that doesn't really bother me. Like I'm not really bothered by undersized three techs. Doesn't really bother me that much. Because if you're quick enough and you have good enough hands and you're strong enough, it doesn't matter. You can be an effective player. So um, when people realize that Byron Murphy's six foot one, they're gonna be like, they're gonna they're gonna slow the hype train, and it's gonna fall back to about the twenties, right? And that's where I think it should be. Eleven's rich for me. That's why it's where it was mocked yeah. recently. Eleven's rich. Yeah. Like I take Johnny at eleven. Wouldn't take Byron at eleven. Um, but the hype, the, the round one hype is legit. And I, and I, he's a So I will also say before I let you get to your two, maybe it's not Byron, but um, like NFL teams will give out anywhere from like 18 to 20, like 15 to 25 round one grades. Rarely is it ever 25. A lot of the time it's like 15 to 20 round one grades. Um, I, I see why they do that. So, like, a round one grade for me is, like, yeah, I'd take him in round one. Um, if I had to give Byron, like, a like a, like a a holistic, like, he's a, he's a fringe round one to two grade, but he's a round one selection. Like, there has to be 32 first-round picks, if that makes sense. So, like, the grade and the pick are a little bit different. Like, he's a fringe round one slash early round two grade, but he's 100% a first-round pick, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Um, I had late round one, early round two. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of where he's probably going to go. He is my number two guy. Out of DeSoto, um, like you said, 
308. He's gained about 15 pounds in his time at Texas. Doesn't turn 22 until late July, I think, uh, early August. Improved each season. Another guy, you know, that's really big to see development within a program with the same coaching staff. Um, he's just really well put together with quick get off, powerful and purposeful hands. Um, a lot of guys have powerful hands, but then they don't, just don't do anything off of it. Um, he does. He knows how to adjust. He knows how to read O-linemen really well. Uh, he's fast, plays with good leverage. He's compact, but he's crafty. Um, he doesn't look like your prototypical D-tackle. He's just just looks like an athlete. Um, he's really good one-on-one with guards. Push-pull, club, swim, all used frequently. Pretty versatile. He lined up out wide even a few times. Hit 18 miles an hour on the GPS. Easily front squatted 455. Cleans 375. Um, and that was in the off season before this past season, so probably last summer. Um, you know, once he hit those two, uh, they were maxing, and their strength coach, Tory Beckton, actually told him to stop. Um, so he could have gone heavier. Um, probably, you know, 500 on front squat and hit 400 on clean, but no reason, um, you know, to risk injury, to push numbers. Um, I mean, they told him, they shut him down. They told him to quit, quit maxing and uh, some videos out there of him, you know, front squatting and stuff. I noticed that sometimes you'd catch him, you know, he didn't keep his feet moving through contact, you know, upon contact, I think could have benefited another thing that's really easily fixable. Um, and sometimes he would let a lineman get their hands on him first. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's also something else that's just a little bit quicker off the ball, which he is, but I think quicker hands more so than just quicker get off, um, would lead to him even creating more, uh, push of the pocket and his tackling form wouldn't be great. A lot of the time, a lot of the time it'd just be bear hugs in the backfield, but, uh, you know, an open field, you know, five yards down the field where he's somewhat in pursuit, um, and really wouldn't really be the best tackling form. Um, and he, only just, he only had 29 tackles, so you're not overly worried about that, but it's just something I noticed. Uh, but yeah, he's my number two guy. I really, really like him. Uh, you know, if we were to take him and we didn't re-sign Matabike, I would, I would be fine with it. Um, you know, granted, depending on who else is on the board, but I think he's a really solid athlete and he's going to do well in the NFL, but Real quick, I'll get to my number one, and I'll let you finish it off. Um, Illinois' Jerzon Newton, often referred to as Johnny Newton, um, out of St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, 6'2", 295. So within the class, he's about average-sized. He's also one of the youngest guys in the class, a month older than Byron, um, but he'll, he will turn 22 in July. Spent four seasons at Illinois, another guy that improved each season with 52 tackles, seven and a half sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and two passes defense. So just a do-it-all guy for Illinois who had a overall pretty solid defensive line. Um, Push-pull with a lot of strength, high motor for pass rush uh, led to him having seven and a half sacks, which is really, really good, especially against Big Ten O-linemen. Um, he was strong, but even though being strong had really quick hands and violent, he uses his leverage well and to his advantage, often commands double teams, pretty agile, strong at the point of attack, and has a deep uh, repertoire of counter moves. He struggled occasionally versus double teams and didn't have the best get off, but that was pretty much it. Um, you know, two things that I think can be coachable 
more so than others. Always had a high motor, never really took plays off. And I think you're going to see him be drafted by 20 at the latest, six at the earliest, I think. Um, and I don't think he goes past 15, but he could go to 20. Um, but most definitely a first rounder. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Byron taken ahead of him just because I think a few teams will have their boards a little switched. But for the vast majority of teams, for scouts, I think they're going to have Newton ahead of Murphy. Um, but yeah, these two guys could easily be first rounders, especially Newton. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're taken and how they do early on because I think they could both be productive and have quick transitions. Yeah, the, the word I gave Johnny was complete. Um, there's zero knock to his game. He dominates on every single rep. I feel like you, you try and like so. Okay, put it this way: I try. I tried to watch Olu Fashano's game against uh, Illinois a month or so ago, and it's like, God, Johnny Newton just continues to wreck havoc in this game. And it's like, man, you can't ignore how good he is on a down-to-down basis on every single snap. He's great against the run. He's great against the pass. I think staying an extra year was a phenomenal choice from him. Could have gone pro last year, made a great choice and came back to school and got even better. I thought I know like the PFF grade wasn't as good, but like I thought the tape was better this year, 100%. Um Johnny's a monster, dude. He's he's so good. Um if he's 6 foot 4, we're talking about a top 5 pick. But he's not, which is fine. This is a top 8 to 10 player for me. Like he's he's gonna be the best defender in the class. Like granted, like I haven't watched Terry and Arnold yet. I haven't I full disclosure, like I haven't even touched the edge class. I've seen clips and like I have a general like knowledge of the class, but I haven't done a full tape study yet on the edge group. I'm not gonna have an edge player higher than him. I'll tell you that right now. The only corner that I could see myself having higher than him is if I really love the Nate Wiggins coverage tape, like I think I might. Or if I watch Taron Arnold and go, yeah, that could be a sauce player in three years, two years. I don't know if I'm going to, though. Like, there are people who feel that way, and that's why I'm having an open mind going into it. But, like, I don't think I'm going to – like, I'm pretty confident Johnny will be the best defensive player in the class for me. Um, Positional value be damned. Like, doesn't really – you can make an argument that that a pass rusher at defensive tackle as good as Johnny is is worth a top is a per, is a premier position. I'm not saying he's to be Chris Jones because Chris Jones is like six foot five, six foot four. That's what I'm saying. Like if he was if he was taller, he'd be Chris Jones, but he's not, which is fine. But I'm still taking him in the top top twelve. Like God forbid the Chargers traded back, which I don't think they're gonna do. Um, like I would take Johnny at like ten or twelve or whatever, depending on how the board fell. Um, he's a stud, man. He's a really good player. Um, I can't say any good things about him. He's my guy in this class. Part of it's because I feel like he's been disrespected lately. Mocking him at 20 seems blasphemous to me. Um, it feels like we're getting the, like, oh, we're going to overthink a really good player and we're going to nitpick him. And then the draft's going to come around. He's going to be he's gonna be picked way higher than people thought because we spent three months trying to pick apart his game when he's just a really good player. So, um, that said, haven't mentioned this today on the pod. We will. I, I'll mention it now. 
Brett and I will be in attendance for the NFL draft this year. We got our got our travel booked uh, on Friday and uh, flying to Detroit on Thursday morning, getting in about midday, going to get to the hotel, bus, bus on over to the draft and uh, spend the whole night there. Friday, maybe catch a catch a Detroit Lions or Detroit Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers game for cheap because they suck. Yeah. Um, get to be at the draft all day Friday. Uh, we fly out uh, Saturday evening, so probably catch most of the draft, um, if not all of it, on Saturday, and then get out of there and get to the airport. So, um, yeah, man, I'm pumped. I, I could not be more excited about going. Um, it doesn't really feel real yet that we're going. Um, but I'm excited to see where Johnny goes. I'm, I'm going to be turned up whenever he gets picked on draft night. Um, I mean, this defensive, this IDL class is really solid. I didn't think I did, a month ago. I didn't think I'd have six round two grades and higher. Um, so I, mean, I love this class. I would be. It, it's a good year to need a defensive lineman. Like for the Ravens, it's a great year to let Matabike walk. For the Chargers, like it's a great year to have this position to fill, right? Like cutting cutting SJD earlier in the year and probably not having anyone back next year that's a flick that's a, that's a lockdown hey like that's a starter for us really good year to need a defensive lineman and um be thrilled if we took one at 37 if it was like jenkins um and uh i think the ravens would be smart to take byron murphy if you made it to him so um yeah I mean, it's a great class i'm, I'm i love i love it's a breath of fresh air like watching Brock Bowers was sick, but like I'd already watched Brock Bowers for the tight ends. We haven't seen guys this good in the last two in the last two episodes. So this is um outside of Brock's. So like this is really fun. Um and definitely uh a sign of things to come in this class. It's really good. I, I'm I cannot wait to get to uh we have IOLs next week, uh which I don't think will be as fun. I think we'll have one round one grade. I think JPJ will get a round one grade for me. Um won't be as fun as this one. Then corner is gonna be a blast, dude. It's a good corner class. So Side of things to come for yeah. sure, and then um, yeah, I'm pumped. This is really, this is a, a really fun class. I'm glad we did this one this week. I needed it um, after handing out one round one grade over four position groups. I get to hand out two this week, which is really fun. So had an awesome time. Yeah, no doubt. Class. For sure, it was cool. We had the same rankings as well. Um, you know, normally once I'm done my rankings, I normally always make a change, even though I think I'm done. Um, and I made a couple changes. And ended up being the same as yours. Um, I know you said you were pretty firm on where you ranked these guys and why you did it. And yeah. I think when I, you know, formulate my rankings, I'm thinking about, like I normally say a lot, um, you know, production, upside, experience are huge. How old you are and what you've done is big because a lot of the times your number of years in college doesn't always correlate to how old you are, especially nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I really like the class. I think it'll be interesting. I think this could be a class that surprises people the most in terms of where they're taken. Like for the most part, I feel like we have an idea of how many receivers will be gone by this point, how many alignment, how many quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, I think DL could be a really surprising class or, you know, in either direction, there could be a lot taken early or not as many taken early as we thought. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun to follow along. I know I got eight in. I just, like you said, I just try to get everyone that's going to be a, day one or two guys so the first three rounds i try to really zero in on guys and of course i'm going to go back and watch guys like i miss peyton wilson i miss braylon allen i'll go back and watch them but for the most part just trying to you know get the top five plus any other guys that'll be taken in the first three um 
But yeah, really looking forward to the draft. I know um, still have some things to figure out overall, but for the most part, uh, pretty well set. Everything worked out. Um, you know, looking forward to being a part of the atmosphere, part of the, you know, all the football fans that love the draft and probably won't know as much as we do, but there'll be some people that will. Um, obviously, all the coverage crews, ESPN, NFL Network, CBS will probably have a crew there. Um, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can get a good spot, at least for day one. Um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun, even hitting up, hitting up a baseball game, like you said. And just overall, really excited for it. Um, but yeah, next week, like you said, we will have interior offensive line uh, a week from today. That should be interesting. I don't know if we'll have the same order. Um, you know, I didn't think we would this week, but we did. So yeah, I, did, I didn't either. I thought we'd be a little more spread out, like right, a couple flops here and there. But yeah, ne- next week will be interesting. Um, I think corner is going to be the real fun one, dude, because the corner there's so many different flavors of guys, right? Like I know, like like Nate Wiggins, probably the stickiest coverage guy. Cooper DeGene's the best defender, like the best run defender, but most versatile. Kool-Aid's kind of what you see is what you get. And like Taron Arnold's sky's the limit, it feels like for him. And then you've got a whole slew of guys that could be five to 10, right? So you've got a really, it's a great class. I'm super pumped for that group. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, That'll be in two weeks. IOL corners, and then we'll have four remaining um not going to tell y'all what positions those are yet but really looking forward to getting into those as well um if you've been listening you can kind of process of elimination which ones we have left but really looking forward to it um before then we will have another episode um normal episode just covering you know what's new across the sports landscape i think we're gonna have a pga update as we normally do and then i believe we have a nhl update um NHL standings update, basketball, college basketball, NBA. Um, NBA, we won't have anything this week, but college basketball will have some stuff. And then touched on the latest hires, um, you know, head coach and general manager. One general manager opening was filled yesterday. There is still one remaining. And then two head coaching openings still remain that could be filled in the next few days. We'll see how it goes. I know both the Seahawks and commanders are conducting interviews today and tomorrow. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's going to do it for us today on the 3rd edition or fourth third edition of 2024 nfl draft positional rankings thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on a few days for episode 68 see you guys soon